life, we've got to be the body to rock it like we're never going to see it again. We are exploding, the world is going to know it. We'll rock it like you're never going to see us again. everyone it is 10 p.m. and pure gold is once again live on the air for this tuesday night march 27th 2012 welcome once again to the show that covers everything and anything and tells it like it is my name is joe Pacino, along with my tag team partner and co-host david gomez sir how are you doing this evening no david gomez he must be away at the moment well, anyway, folks, the call number for tonight, as always, is 714-364-4721. And there's woo. Dave. Woo, woo, woo. Yeah, I don't know what happened, sir, but I'm ready to rock and roll live, making it happen PG style, as only we can do. Well, folks, tonight on the program, tonight on Pure Gold, we have a woo. action-packed show lined up for you. The big one, WrestleMania 28, is finally here. Woo. We'll be breaking it down. With Josh Eisenberg from WrestleZone.com, ChairShot Reality, all that good stuff. And the other topic of the evening we will save for later. We'll also discuss PG's new start time and potentially date. So we will talk about PG moving to a new date and time. But we'll get all to that. DG, take it away. Folks, the contact information as always to call in 714-364-4722. Two one once again seven one four three six four four seven two one. You can check out our website puregoldpg.com, where of course you can check everything out that we have there. Our past one hundred episodes. Today is episode one hundred and one. A new era begins. That was, last week was the end of an era. Much like Sunday is the end of an era for Triple H and the Undertaker. You can follow us on iTunes. Subscribe. Do all that goodness. Follow our Facebook, Twitter, etc., etc. All that hot mess. You can follow the pure gold excitement to be a part of the show. JB? Thanks, DG. Now, while we are we, out of your homes, yeah. we have our <laughs> guest tonight that's in Miami. And, and even though uh, you have a show on the Internet, has a show on the Internet, he is joining us from Miami, Florida. Sir, take it away. Folks, we're pleased uh, and privileged and proud to be joined by the one and only, the legendary, the icon. This is Josh Eisenberg from ChairShot Reality on WrestleZone.com. Tune in each week to Pure Gold Radio with Dave and Joe as they talk about professional wrestling, music, movies, whatever's on your mind, they'll get to it. Pure Gold Radio, Dave and Joe, the best out there, laying the smackdown each week. That's Pure Gold Radio. Yes, folks, with the greatest promo of all time, Josh Eisenberg. Josh, how you doing, my friend? I'm fantastic, guys. How's it going with you? Doing awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we uh, we appreciate you giving us a few minutes. Now, Josh, let's get right down to it. Last night, we had Monday Night Raw. It's the lead-in WrestleMania, the last show of the evening. I saw your review uh, on uh, WrestleZone, but for the fans, do you think that last segment was effective? Rock and Cena, break that down for us. You know, I think the biggest thing going into that final segment was they knew they were at the end. They knew they didn't need to do much to sell the pay-per-view because, quite frankly, if they needed one more thing to do to sell the pay-per-view, then the past year has been a complete waste. So I think them <laughs> thinking in their mindset with those guys not fighting, not you know, even striking one another since, obviously, since uh, Survivor Series, that was the right thing to do. Would I have liked to see some sort of interaction, some sort of physicality, maybe have some officials pick them up at the end to kind of hold them off? That might be another way to go, but you can't deny that this was the exact way that they needed to end the show because myself, like every other fan that's watching it, is sitting there wanting to see each other strike and hit one another with any kind of move, and then it just ends. That's the perfect way to go, especially whenever you have one full year of building this up. I think it was very well done at the very end. That the speaking was the same. You know, they've been saying the same thing. You can only say the same thing time and time again without being repetitive. So I really right. think, um, you know, the, the speaking terms. They said a few different things. 
uh, you know, how Rock uh, talked about Hogan and Austin and Alcina, which I thought that should have been used months ago. I really thought that's a really good angle that they could have portrayed. And even going further than that, even have some sort of involvement with Stone Cold, not necessarily the way of Shawn Michaels is, but bring him back for a week saying, I beat you twice at the big show. I know Cena can kind of filter other people in that, you know, really talks about The Rock's history. But overall, you got what you expected to the end of the night, and it was the right call nonetheless. Now, Josh, I mean, to me it makes um, no sense, but then again, when does the WWE make any sense for The Rock to win? to win this match, unless John Cena is going to carry this whole burden of him losing to a part-time wrestler, now The Rock, and just eventually just, like, turning on fans. I, I just don't know where they're going to go with it if Rock wins. Do you see any logic in in The Rock winning at all to, on Sunday night? I no, I really don't see logic in it, but I wouldn't be surprised if he actually did. The biggest thing that I have a problem with, with, with people are talking about, you know, Rock can't win because he's gone after this. Well, this is the Super Bowl of professional wrestling. You realize all the money, all the marketing, all the investments are in this night, not what not what happens two months later in May or or four months later in in July and August, whenever they're building towards SummerSlam. They're putting all the eggs in one basket, and this is the event that they're putting all those eggs into. So when people say that Rock can't win, and their only reasoning is because he's not going to be around, I think it's ludicrous. Now, do I think there's logic behind Rock winning long term? No, not at all, but there's still a chance, there's still a possibility that he could walk out of Miami. I just, we know he has a big ego. We know he would come back only on the right terms. But are the right terms him kind of passing that torch to John Cena, just that, that, I'm a little skeptical about that. Well, give us your prediction then right here. Pure Gold exclusive. Who's winning oh, this boy. match? Oh, man, even before I taped it on Saturday. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, this, is, this is tough because I've been thinking about every different angle that they can go through. You know, I, I thought about every different thing that they could go through. A lot of people kind of compared it to, to Rock Austin. Many people are saying, you know, Cena can pull the Austin and, and – be the company guy with Vince and then kind of screw The Rock out, which would give The Rock a chance to come back, uh, maybe not on a completely full-time basis, but more than a, you know, more than a part-time basis that he's on now. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say Cena's going to win this match. Um, I, I don't like it. I, I don't know what else they can do besides John Cena winning. Like you guys were saying, you know, WWE is not really logical most of the time. But I just... Man, it's, you see, even when I say John Cena's going to win, I still think, you know, you're in Miami, you're in 70,000 fans, all these people are going to be cheering for The Rock. I mean, I'm going to be sitting there cheering for The Rock just because, you know, growing up he was the guy that I idolized watching and everything that he did, him among other guys. But, you know, I, I just think the long term, the, 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 like, i got to go with John Cena. And my main reasoning behind that is, you know, he has more to gain. If you're going to use that card, and that's what everybody's using, he's going to have more to gain. And I think Rock's going to pull Hogan of 18 and kind of pass the torch on to Cena. Um, but the only thing there is if Rock loses, that kind of devalues his comeback. If he wants to come back at SummerSlam, he wants to come back at Mania next year. So that logic, if they're still thinking long term, wouldn't really work out. But, you know, what? I'm, I'm assuming with Cena, I think Cena's going to somehow end up winning this match. Um, and, you know, I'll stick with that. You know, that's actually a good point. It does kind of devalue it. I mean, the thing about The Rock, though, is that he, he's never, in his career, he's never had a problem putting people over, so I don't even think, why, you know, that would be a problem in, in this scenario of putting uh, yeah. putting Cena over. Business-wise, it probably is the right move, but who cares? The WWE never does what's right for business. They never do what the fans I mean, they don't do what the fans want, which is why Rock will lose. But uh, I hope, and, you know, I'm not going to say pray, but I definitely hope that The Rock lays a smackdown on that sloppy jalopy John Cena. His whole speech last night about that's why I don't turn, and I also read a, uh, saw an interview with him recently, same thing. I really don't think he is going to turn, unfortunately, but I'd love to see him just turn his back on the fans, tell him to stick it, suck it, whatever you want to do, same way that Hogan did in the middle of the uh, ring at the Bash of the Beach in 96. But that's yep. probably not going to happen. Uh, unfortunately, Rock will probably win that match. Uh, I'm sorry, Rock will probably lose that match, but, um, you know, we'll see. Maybe WWE will swerve us. The fact that they'll be in Miami, it's going to be a tough scene, Josh, to see the fans yeah. throwing garbage in the middle of the ring if John Cena does win in the Rock's hometown. And I think the biggest thing when they think about that is they think about you know, what happens afterwards. You know, 
there's going to be a lot of security nonetheless. And, you know, we'll have that garbage being thrown, things like that as well. But, you know, you guys know as well as I do, the WrestleMania crowd is unlike any other crowd because you don't have everyday kids and everyday, you know, uh, you know, females and the younger audience. This is for people who are actually more like us, more of the hardcore fans that have followed this for years and, and they spend all this money to go down there and witness something. I, I just I don't know if they're going to be so disrespectful to the point where they're going to completely trash the ring. Oh, I love it. the last match of the night. You know, it's also the last match of the night, so they can get out of there quickly. They can end it with, you know, fireworks <laughs> and confetti and kind of cover up that garbage toss if that ends right. up happening. They need to riot, just like the audience would have rioted at the Hammerstein back at a one-night stand in 06 with RVD. RVD. I want the same thing, but I want the right guy to win. Now, moving on from that match, Josh, I know we only have you for a few minutes here. Punk Jericho is a match that definitely has me the most interested. I'm sure Joe would say the same. With with Jericho going after uh, the the um you know the the sister, the mother, not so much last night, but he threw that in there, the father. It's really made this feud personal. The first week I kind of didn't buy it. I thought Punk overacted a little bit. But the last two weeks he's looked genuinely, legitimately pissed, which is a sign of a good actor. Uh, this to me is going to be an intense rivalry. It's going to be great. The fact that we haven't seen Jericho live the past couple of weeks is also kind of interesting. Give us your take on this match and and who walks out of this. Now, the only reason I, let me let me preface this. My my whole thing is I don't see how Punk does win this match, only because you know are we going to have Punk win and then Cena win and then Taker win and then uh, Sheamus win all you know basically all the faces all the guys that you expect to win are going to win because if that's the case I mean WrestleMania is going to be boring so give us your take on that. Yeah, I think this match is going to be um, you know I've argued this with with you know my co-host a few times that this match should start Mania, which I completely disagree with. Um, yep. But nonetheless, I, I do think that this match should be you know maybe at the nine or at the eight o'clock hour Eastern time after that first hour after you kind of warm the crowd up a little bit. I actually see Jericho winning this match, and the main reason is because for so long, especially dating back to July, Punk really hasn't faced much adversity. Yes, he lost the title to Del Rio, and then he had to go and kind of fight that back. So there's never been a character change. Punk has always been this sarcastic, trying to cross the line, but at the same time getting the fans' support because he wants you know, to show the fans who he is and what type of person he is. So, and he brings a lot of his real-life persona in the ring each time. I think a lot of the fans appreciate that because they right. know he's not being fake. They know this is a real person. They know this isn't the scene that is being shoved down our throats each week, so they respect that. I think Jericho wins this match. I think he has to win this match because Punk, as a champion, what does he benefit from that after winning? Yeah, he's the best in the world. He beats Jericho. Big whoop. Now, where does he go from there? Does he get rematches with Jericho? Like, how do you salvage Punk if he wins? He has nothing else to gain, in a sense, unless the next night on Raw they announce the WrestleMania 29-minute event where it's Punk versus Austin or Punk versus this guy or whatever they want to do with that. There's not much more if Punk wins that he can do. If he loses, he chases the title. And I think all of us like him as a chaser more than a champion. He was more interesting, and he had a lot more freedom to speak his mind and to you know kind of go off the cuff whenever he did not hold the title. Right. Now, uh, I can understand having non-physicality between Rock and Cena, but... You also had it with this uh, this lead up to this feud. You think it's been effective or not effective? I don't think it's been effective. I think uh, I really liked whenever Jericho got the better of Punk. I think it was like three or four weeks ago on top of the stage. It must have been four weeks ago now, um, because the past three weeks has been about his dad, his mom, and his sister. Um, so I really thought there's so much talking with Roxena and with Agent and Taker and Michaels that this needed to be the feud that kind of would break all hell and break chaos each week on Raw, and you'd have to have security hold them apart or referees or even other refs to have them attack each other backstage. You know, whether people remember this or not, because I feel like it gets bottled down, Orton and Punk had a really good backstory last year. Whenever Punk was, uh, you know, attacking Orton backstage, he went into his um, his trailer with his wife and tried to go in there. He did a lot of the things that, that Jericho should have done here, I felt like they needed to brawl more. They needed to be more physical because, I mean, think about it. Besides Orton and Kane, Sheamus and Bryan, 
you know, I mean, even Rhodes and Big Show, they really haven't feuded much, or not feuded much, but haven't fought much. There hasn't been a lot of physical interaction with the opponents, and I think that kind of actually hurt the feud more than it helped it. Right. Now, I mean, I don't really follow wrestling as closely as you and DG do on the Internet, obviously, definitely maybe, but um, (laughs) if Jericho somehow doesn't win this match, is he going to be sticking around for a while? I think he is. I, I think he's going to be around through the summer. Um, you know, his Fozzie tour gets underway in September, I believe it is. But the thing with Jericho is he always can, you know, take what he has for so long. He can go away for a year, come back, go away. He has that kind of stigma to, to the Internet wrestling fans especially because they always anticipate his return. Now, I'll be the first to say I really like Jericho. I think he's a fantastic in-ring performer. He's great. But he's never been a main event WrestleMania last match guy. He's never been on the level of The Rock or or even John Cena. You know that marketability, that that marquee match. You think of the matches he's been in; they've been great matches. Some of them show stealers like him and Michaels at 19. But he's never been the guy where you can build a six eight month feud up into WrestleMania. Him being the last match of the night. I don't know why that is. I think it's more of the backing of creative, not giving him all the opportunities, but yeah, you know, definitely. throwing him in, you know, throwing him in matches like whenever he feuded with uh, with with Edge um, at 26, and even 25, the Mickey Rourke thing was kind of you know a little ridiculous, and, and even this year that's not going to be the last match or even the match before the last match. So I don't know what it is with Jericho, but he's always been a champion. But I, I consider him more of a transitional champion, a guy who can hold the title, who can carry a company, but never a marquee guy like a main event WrestleMania, the last match of the night. Well, I think that's because of the way it's been presented. He did main event WrestleMania 19 against, uh, I'm not sorry, 18 against uh, Triple H. But that, of course, was the the real main event was Rock Hogan, which is what everybody exactly. cared about. And that you know that Mania match kind of got lost in the shuffle. Um, and and even when he was feuding with Sean back in 2008, that could that that six to eight month feud could have easily led into an amazing another WrestleMania uh, great match between the two of them. And you're right, but but see the thing about about uh, Jericho is that he can steal the show, and that's why this match undoubtedly in my mind is going to steal the show because you have Chris Jericho as a constant professional, great performer, somebody who I, I do believe firmly it's creative. It's not his fault. You know, obviously you got to suck up to some people, and that's why some guys get over, and some guys, you know, you know, might not. But this is a match that I know that I'm looking forward to. This is the one that I'm really, really anxious about. Yeah. But uh, you know, the 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 other match that's the the big uh, the big three would have to be Triple H and Undertaker. Now, this match not so much not in uh, not in my bucket in terms of uh, anything. But your colleague, uh, your co-host, your cohort, your arch enemy, uh, on over there on Chair Shot Reality, Mr. Labar posted up something that I found fascinating, and I hope Josh is right. I agree with him. I would like it. I'm sorry, Justin. I would agree that I don't think Sean should come back, but if there's a chance that he's going to go out against Triple H next year in my home state, in our home state, where we're going to be live in the last row in the new MetLife Stadium watching that live, I got to tell you, Josh, that is something that I would love to see, and in that case, I would really be invested in this Triple H Undertaker match. Yeah, I'm really invested in it either way. Um, I, the biggest thing with this match is the build has been good, but like the Rock Cena match, they can only say so much to one another. They can only take personal digs up into a point where fans go, okay, we've heard this before. You know, you have the crowd do the O's and the O's, but what else is there? And then when they added Hell in a Cell, I was happy about that. But I felt like for a few weeks they kind of avoided that. Yeah, they've avoided the Hell in a Cell match. I'm kind of talking more about the end of an era. You know, it's, it's these guys that have, have grown up through the Attitude Era and have carried the company on their backs. And whether you like it or not, H and Taker are two faces of WWE, you know, synonymous with one guy dominated SmackDown, one guy dominated Raw. Taker's been a very big guy backstage, but Triple H has been even bigger. I just I would love to see the Shawn Michaels Triple H match, but I don't think it should happen. I, I don't think Michaels needs to come back for any reason. They've already had their matches in the past. They've had feuds in the past. So if they come back, they do the whole build of, you know, we're best friends, we you know, I'm coming for you next year, you know, put your career up on the line next year like I did against the Undertaker. We both couldn't beat him. But wouldn't that match kind of overshadow every everything else? And would it be necessary for those two guys to overshadow, say, Taker's 21-0 record 
or even John Cena, or you know, if there's reports of Brock Lesnar wanting a match, I just think right now Michaels needs to stay retired. And if he wants to come back, why not do it at 30? One that's really meaningful. I just, I just don't see the the point of those two guys facing off against one another. I think the, I mean, I would love to see the match from a purely, you know, technical standpoint. The two of them have always sure. worked well together. You know, like I personally have always felt that, uh, let's say, Randy Orton and Triple H never worked well together. Their matches just no. didn't seem fluid. Uh, but Trips and, and Sean were amazing in the ring, and them at Mania to me would be would be worth the price of admission. But I definitely, I definitely get your point. I definitely understand what you're saying. Um, I just think that. The way that things have been set up lately, I kind of don't like the whole, oh, Brock Lesnar wants to come back at WrestleMania, and Stone Cold wants to come back at WrestleMania. Everybody yeah. and their mother wants to come back at WrestleMania. You know, it, it, it seems like that's the, everybody's going to wait for that big pay-per-view. So if Brock Lesnar does come back next year, that's going to overshadow most other matches. If Stone Cold comes yeah. back, that'll overshadow everything. So you kind of have all these things casting shadows over each other. But, you know, as far as, as, far as uh, we go, Josh, those are the three main matches that we care about. The rest of the card, I mean, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, not yeah. so much. And uh, I know we're going to get into that uh, with uh, with some other callers and things, but I believe that uh, my, my co-host would like to throw something in here, Joe. Yeah, sure. Josh, before we let you go, um, are you enjoying the nightlife in Miami? Fantastic. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I got the chance to get out of to get out of the regular job in Pittsburgh. So, uh, yeah, doing, doing the whole Miami thing, it's going to be great. I mean, the weekend is going to be really huge. Friday night we have the Kevin Nash party, and then we have, uh, you know, basically going to just be there all night. And then Saturday is going to be fantastic. I mean, this area is just its absolutely beautiful, and it's going to be great to kind of do everything that we're able to do to lead up to the event. And obviously the event, I, I hope, doesn't disappoint. I don't, I don't think it will disappoint. But, I mean, come on, I'm, I'm at the beach drinking beer with beautiful women left and right. I mean, you know, this is this is and the life. I I, I got to move down to Miami. I don't know what I, why I'm not down here. I'm in Pittsburgh in 30 degree rainy weather all the time. This is the place to be. <laughs> Josh, did you are you going to the Hall of Fame? I am not going to the Hall of Fame. Um, was planning on it because I, you know, obviously uh, really have been a huge fan of Edge. But um, Saturday night is just going to kind of be a night on the town. It's going to be a night where we don't have much to do. Um, just kind of experience the nightlife in Miami. It's kind of a thing where you can go there and still have time. Afterwards, but with the taping Saturday of CSR with uh, with uh, um, pro, pro Wrestling Report and Aftermath and all those guys, um, you know, we didn't really think it was going to be you know necessary to spend seventy five, eighty bucks on that event. So right. I yeah. did it, I did the WrestleMania twenty three in Detroit and it was okay, but I mean, there's right. only so much you can get from those guys talking for I mean, twenty five minutes each. I, I know it's only I know it's about a year away for WrestleMania twenty nine, but we got somehow. Meet up. We gotta have Pure Gold meet Chair Shot Reality next year. We'll meet up before the before WrestleMania or right after. We just gotta do an exclusive in person um, and see yes. who wins that that tag team match. <laughs> mm, well, do I have to team up with Lavar? Can I pick one of you guys? <laughs> I, I think we should mix it up because whoever gets whoever gets Lavar or my uh, co-host over here is gonna get stiff. So so we definitely gotta be on a. On opposite sides there, Josh. But listen, uh, thank you so much for for coming you know, on the show. We definitely appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, we can have you on again, possibly you know next week, if not after, so we can discuss a little bit more uh, the aftermath of WrestleMania because that would be interesting. And uh, again, thank you so much, sir. Really appreciate it. Have fun over there in Miami. And of course, make sure take it you know take them down, take a couple chairs with you, knock a few people out over there at uh, at WrestleMania. Do something crazy. You got it, man. Thank you guys so much. Look forward to talking to you next week. If you want me on, you know, let me know. It would be great to get on and talk some post-WrestleMania. And uh, enjoy the event, guys, and I will definitely talk to you soon. Thanks so much for having me on. All right, Josh. Take care. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. That's the one and only Josh Eisenberg from Chair Shot Reality. I know we have a couple of callers on hold, but before we get to that... What's up? It's Morgan Woolard, Miss Oklahoma, USA 2010, and you are listening to Pure Gold. The, the lovely and the talented Morgan Woolard, one of our favorite guests, and I pretty much say that about all our guests, so I guess it kind of loses its uh, its luster after a while, but thanks so much for that, Morgan. And i got to get to this guy. This is a guy that I have been talking to for quite a while on the Internet. He is the famous, one of the guys who always gets on uh, busted open over on Sirius. We had his favorite co-host last week, Dave LaGreca, and we are quite happy to be joined by Pat in New Jersey. Pat, how are you doing, sir? 
Hey, boys. I'm uh, glad to be calling in. I'm really enjoying the show. I, I really enjoyed the WrestleMania coverage you got so far. It, uh, the guy you had on sounds like a younger guy to me, and I, I always enjoy the different takes everyone has on wrestling these days. As uh, I've been a long-time fan, and uh, I, I, I disagree with a lot of what everyone says about today's product, but... Uh, yeah, I'm enjoying the show so far, man. Dave, uh, I'm glad you reached out to me, my man. Yeah, man, definitely. You know, uh, I'm telling you, every time I listen to the show, um, I always see Pat from New Jersey, Pat from New Jersey, Pat from New Jersey. And I know, you know, from talking to you offline that you're a huge fan and, of course, your your calls on the show. And I've always appreciated your take because whether I agree with it or not, you know, you're, you're a smart wrestling fan. You know the deal. You also watch TNA. But uh, we're not here to talk about TNA, Pat. We're here to talk about WrestleMania. We're here to talk about Raw. Let me ask you, uh, since you took the time out to call in, Roxena, give us your take on that. You know, it's funny because I was listening to guests before, and um, when I look at Roxena, I'm interested because I, I like The Rock. So The Rock versus Broom will be interesting to me. And I'm no Cena guy. <laughs> And I'm one of those guys, I get Cena's work ethic and all that, and he's the face of the new WWE. But um, to me, 1,000% in my mind, if you're Vince McMahon and Cena is the – they have a campaign every week to tell you, the fans, why uh, it's okay if you don't like John Cena. It's your fault. Something's wrong with you kind of thing. And, and <laughs> yeah. they've never done that for any star in any organization in the history of wrestling. The face never had to have Triple H come on in a vignette and say, hey, the fans that don't get him, that's their problem. This guy is the best. They never had to do that for anybody. So by bringing The Rock in, which is great because we all enjoy it, he's there for one thing, one thing only, to give John Cena a win over a win. And I had no doubt about that. Now the question becomes, does Cena leave the match with a win with more booze, less booze, same booze? And that's an interesting fact to me. But I don't see any any way at all that Cena does not win that match. Pat, is this the match you're looking forward to, or is there anything else that, like, what what match really intrigues you on Sunday night? I got to tell you, I'm really looking forward to, there's three matches that I really want to see. The Punk and uh, Y2J should be good. I, I think Punk will end up winning that, but I really like the build-up for that. I think both guys can go. I've been a CM Punk fan since his indie days for the last 10 years. Jericho is great. So just just from an enjoyment match, that should be really good. And surprisingly, I'm really into Cody Rhodes. I don't like at first that he's got to work with the big show, but I think Cody Rhodes might come out better for that. And uh, I like the guy. So, you know, more eyes will be on him. And that's the point of that match, it seems like. You know, the common fan knows the big show, so if they see – Cody Rhodes putting on a good show. Should be good for him, but anything Dolph Ziggler does, I love. And unfortunately, I don't like him buried in that match, but that guy is fantastic. What do you guys think of Ziggler, man? Well, Joe, I know you're going to you're gonna uh, throw something out there in a second, but before you do that, I just want to get back to Cody. I mentioned this on, on Twitter earlier today, and I think that the uh, the, the match, is, it, it's, it's interesting. I just love the fact that Cody has done so much with so little. He's basically been given a turd and he's had to polish it up and shine it up real nice and do all that, you know, that business. So he's doing the best, he's the best that he can to carry this feud, and he's showing why he really could be a main event guy in this company for years to come. I remember when I saw him at the the Hall of Fame speech for his father, I heard him talk, and Joe and I have talked about this on the air. I said, man, this guy's good. When he came up through the ranks, I, I didn't think he was utilized well. Up, up until now, I think that Cody's finally going to start to realize his potential, and, you know, maybe – uh by WrestleMania 30, we could be looking at Cody Rhodes somewhere in one of the, uh, the the main event matches. So I definitely like that. And as far as Ziggler, and again, I know Joe can, can time, chime in on this also, I like Dolph. I'm not in love with him like every internet wrestling fan seems to be and think he's the second coming of, uh, you know, Shawn Michaels. But he's definitely got some talent. He's great on the internet. His whole videos, YouTube, Zack Ryder, all that, it's classic. I love that kind of stuff. I, I think he's really good, and he has a lot of potential. Like I said, I just don't think he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. What about you, Joe? Well, you know, you know, it's funny you say that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't want to interrupt you, Joe. Go ahead, Joe. No, I, I definitely agree. I think that Ziggler um, is another Kofi Kingston, is another Miz. I think that these guys, they get to the main event status 
somehow they don't stay there because Vince just doesn't is not in love with them like he's in love with Cena and Orton. And these guys go back to mid-carding, and I think that's the problem with the WWE these, these, these days is that there's not enough guys that you could elevate and keep up with the main event status. I just think Vince has done a bad job over the last couple of years. Well, it's good that it's interesting you say that. Let me ask you this question. You take Jericho, Austin, who's always rumored to be around, Rock, Cena is a young guy in this group, the Undertaker, HBK, and... Uh, right. And, Triple, and H? Uh, Triple H. In five years, they're gone. Cena's left over. Right now, from Cena down, who's the next closest in the pecking order? Is it Randy Orton to you? It would have to be. We we both hate Orton, but it would have to be yeah, Orton. I know He's Orton the next either. on one. But then that's the problem right there. And with Zig, I'll tell you why I, I love Zig. In losing, the guy's fantastic in the ring and bouncing and selling and falling all over the place and his standing drop kick is like the old days. I, I can't get enough of that. When he just out of nowhere, bam, hits you with that standing drop kick is is so good. The guy is great. Now take him, how great he is in losing and how good he matches up with Punk and Danielson. And imagine if the fans liked him and Vince gave him the leap of faith. He could be stealing the show for the next ten years the way HBK did. It's just about placement. But my theory is and I wonder what you think about this is when you notice that after Cena, it's a big drop, do you think it's because when Brock Lesnar left Vince and he was a huge star, you notice they stopped making stars at a quick rate after that. I think yep. Vince is afraid. The shelf life is 10 years. Guys get rich and move on when they're superstars. So he doesn't make many anymore. He has a couple that you need, and then the other guys are kind of in the middle to stay hungry. And I think well, you missed one time. Not to cut you off, but you are making an amazing point. You missed one though. Remember Bobby Lashley? Bobby Lashley. No, I was, was not a big Lashley guy, but he, credit with credit due. He was. Well, no, no, Lashley. but but I'm saying he was pushed big time when he got into the match with Umaga. That was supposed to be his big push, and then before you know it, like a, a year or two later, I, you know, I forget exactly, he's gone. So he had a, a shelf life, a short shelf life. They built ECW around him when they had that whole December to Dismember fiasco with the Elimination Chamber. Yeah. Uh, you know, going back that about killed my years. ECW heart too, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm, that, that that was a mess, but they they were trying to build up Lashley, and then he just tanked and left on them. So I think that Lesnar really kicked him in the groin because he was only there for a couple of years, and he was really pushed to the moon. And then lastly, they they thought maybe this guy loves wrestling. He's an amateur guy wrestling. He can do it. He went quickly. So I, I, I completely agree that Vince is afraid of letting these guys rise to the top because he's afraid that they're going to leave him the way that he, he's built up these other guys. Cena has proven the one thing you got to give Cena. Been there, you know, 10 years about. He's a company guy through and through. Orton's another guy, company guy through and through. Orton is not going anywhere, you know, unless he gets fired for another wellness violation or whatever, which they'll probably sweep under the rug. Those two are going to be there for a while. And I agree when you when you go after that, who do you have left? You have Ziggler, who who I uh, that point you made is also excellent. He could be like an HBK type of guy stealing the show. I love Sheamus. I'm a big Sheamus fan. I think that he's been pushed well up until now. He won the Rumble, then what? This whole feud with, with Daniel Bryan just to me has not really been there. The story hasn't really done well. This is the fourth most important match on the card, but I've seen really more from Cody and, and Big Show than I have from Bryan and, and Sheamus, and I think that Sheamus can carry the company, but give me your take on that. Yeah, it's interesting because with Sheamus, and it's well known he's Triple H's good buddy, I never understand why they put him sort of on the on-deck circle, comes up to bat, and not his fault, then they dropped the ball on him with the storyline presentation. Because yep. when he worked with Triple H, Triple H killed Sheamus. Yep. And I never understand why. Because Triple H taking a loss to Sheamus, all that does is Triple H, the soon-to-be, you know, basically owner of this company, just has himself another megastar, and his legacy yep. is fine. He but killed Triple him at Mania a couple years like ago. That, and I don't get it. I don't get yeah, it. But Sheamus yeah, he, and Danielson, yeah. I love Brian Danielson. I've seen him on the Indies for ten years, and that's a match I like too. But yeah, they they didn't they paintbrushed it. They just like here you go, bam and bam. They didn't. They gave more more effort to the dueling GMs, which I I can't stand any power struggle yeah. among bosses. I hate that storyline. That, 
No, it's bad. It's definitely it's definitely played out. But uh, you know, before Joe chimes in on this, I definitely think you're right. They they dropped the ball, with Sheamus. He was a two-time world champ. That stunk. That his two reigns were a joke. And then when he lost to Triple H at Mania, he really did get buried. And I thought it took him a long time to get back to the spot. And now here he is. You know, dark match last year. Now he's quote unquote in a main event this year. But it, it, the company doesn't even care about it. Joe? Nah. You know what? It'll be good for me. I'm in a stage where. The WWE hasn't been that good for me for a while. But of course. what I like that they're doing is the next five years we're going to be great because the guys that left them, like Brock and, and you brought up Lashley and a few others here and there, they weren't born into the wrestling business. They were brought to it and like recruited to it. And they put all their eggs in their basket. But coming up, all the guys they got from Ring of Honor, the Claudios, the Chris Heroes, the Tyler Blacks, and the sons of wrestlers from the Rotundos and Steamboats, there's a pedigree there where these guys traveled the world, worked in front of five people or 5,000 people, and soon be working in front of huge arenas where they're going to be around for years. And and coming in about three or four years, that WrestleMania car will be stacked again because you have what you need. Guys who work their butts off on the indies, who love it, who who are dedicated to it. This roster is filled now with guys that, you know, they hired on look. They all look the same. Sent to Florida Championship Wrestling. You know, they push them through. They bring them up there. But, and they're all cookie cutters. But now you're going to get some, like, really good authentic acts that love the business. And I think that will help propel some more stars. But they lack the star power. You're right, Pat. And um, well, I got, let's let's admit this. Sunday is our is our Super Bowl as wrestling fans. It's uh, WrestleMania. Before we let you go, what, what kind of uh, WrestleMania tradition do you have? Do you watch it with a bunch of friends? Do you watch it by yourself? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I've seen this. I've seen every single one. I've been to the first, tenth, and twentieth. I've been to all of them at MSG. And next year will be the first time I actually partake in all the events, like the Hall of Fame. It's coming to Jersey, so I'll go to all the indie shows around it, the fan fest and all. I've never done that before, so I'm looking forward to that. But, yeah, I get together. I got about four or five buddies. We've watched every one together. We we felt like a Super Bowl party. We get all the stuff together. Um, we have, like, a betting pool where you draw some names from a hat, and if you get that guy, you know, you get points for a win, all types nice. of super uh, Mark stuff. But uh, even in a down Super Bowl, so to say, or a bad WrestleMania, it's always a good time and good fun, and I do look forward to it. So it should be a lot of fun. I, I'm looking forward to it. I love WrestleMania Sunday. Good. Yeah, it, it should definitely be some good stuff, Pat. Listen, thank you so much for calling in. We uh, we appreciate your take. And, and you know what, man? Call us in next week and, and uh, give us your thoughts on how the uh, how the event went because I'm sure some of us are going to be pissed. Some of us are going to love it. We're all going to have uh, strong opinions on what happens this Sunday. So try to call us in next week so we can get your take on that. Yeah, try my man. As I told you, Dave, you're you're very patient with me, man, because we chat all the time, <laughs> and I I'm usually conked out, man. These two little girls I got, uh, they make this my old man fall. I fall asleep all the time, but I do like <laughs> the show, and I will definitely uh, call back in again. It's fun talking to you guys, and uh, good luck to you, man. I I love this form of uh, radio, and I've tried it before, and I, I wish you nothing but success. It's a lot of fun when you start building the audience up to where you want it. And uh, it's cool, man. Good luck to you guys, man. Enjoy Thank it. Thank you, sir. Man. That's all I can say to you. Enjoy it. Thanks, Pat. Have have fun. Go take a nap, all right? Later, man. <laughs> take care, sir. Folks, that was the one and only busted open legend, Pat from New Jersey, the icon. And, uh, I mean, that's definitely some good points from Pat. I just want to say one thing, sir. Um, the point that he made about not building stars was such a good point. And to me, that's why they pick these terrible names for guys. That's why, you know, you have Michael McGillicuddy versus, you know, Joe Hennig. You have Tyler Black being changed to Seth Rollins and all these other sloppy, terrible names because they want to own the guys. They want to own their crappy gimmicks as opposed to Randy Orton, Cody Rhodes, uh, Ted DiBiase, the last few guys getting their original names. But, you know, we'll see with these, these terrible gimmicks they go with, sir. But you know what? Speaking of terrible gimmicks, before we uh, we, we segue into something else here, I got a little, a little something I'd like to play. You are listening to Pure Gold Radio. I am actress Laura Jean Salerno, and they are David and Joe, and they are bringing you all the upcoming inside exclusive information on everything sports and entertainment 
ever. <laughs> Gotta got love that from Laura Jean, sir. She was uh, one of our one of our favorite guests, I'd have to say. And speaking of another favorite guest, we got to bring him on. The man, the myth, the legend, Pyro Falcon from OnlineOnslaught.com. Sir, how you doing this evening? I'm doing all right, guys. Thanks for having me once again. Of course, of course. I mean, you're practically the third wheel on this show. The Pyro, give us your take, sir. We've talked about it with Pat. We talked about it with Josh. I'd like to hit you up. Last night, Raw, main event, the closeout. Did you think it was good, and do you agree with Pat and basically everybody else who's spoken that unfortunately it looks like John Cena will be walking away victorious in this match. Um, yeah, I've already predicted that Cena's going to win the match. Uh, I I think that's the only way they can go with it. Um, but I, I actually do disagree with you because I saw your tweet that you said Cena was awful. I thought it was actually one of his better promos over this whole mess that they've been doing. Um because even though he brought his ridiculous intensity, it actually kind of seemed placed. And, like, his comments about how he, uh, you know, he always rises above and wins. Even though we don't like him winning, he's right. And it, you know, makes the story more compelling when he's not just spouting crap. He's objectively right. So, Well, what I didn't like, Pyro, uh, not so much what he said. I just didn't like the delivery of it. I liked the serious Cena, you know, talking. I thought last night he was kind of a little goofy, um, you know, not not as terrible as he has been because we've all accused him of being bad in terms of uh, you know the way he cuts promos. He has great ability. There's no doubt about that. But I didn't think last night was his strongest uh, actual delivery. The content was fine, but I just had a little bit of an issue with the delivery. So that's why I said awful as opposed to you know classic you know great John Cena like when he cut his little raps et cetera et cetera. Okay, I feel you there. You're you're right because he flirted with uh dialing the intensity level up to 11 and becoming cartoonish. So you're, you're right on that one. Um, I thought you had a problem with the content or something. No, 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 definitely not the content. But, uh, you know, I know, I know you already said it. You threw it out there. Cena's going to win. Any possible chance you see The Rock pulling this one out? Is Vince going to swerve us? Is there any swerve in any of the matches, that, the main matches that, uh, that we can look forward to? Or are we just going to get cookie-cutter, Taker wins, Rock loses, uh, you know, Orton wins, Sheamus wins, Punk wins. Um, the only match I that you listed there, I think Jericho will actually pull it off against Punk. And the reason I think that is because um, Orton won't have anything to do after WrestleMania, I, I don't think, because, you know, th- this whole feud he's having with Kane was just an emergency feud. Um so if Orton's free after WrestleMania, Cena won't have anything to do. Punk can invoke his rematch clause. I think we can have a situation where um, Jericho can get the title, and since there are more faces than heels, we can have more faces chasing him for it. Uh, and, you know, we've seen Punk and Cena work so well together, and Punk and Jericho will probably work very well together. We could throw the three of them into a triple threat match a few pay-per-views down the line, and that'll just totally rock the house. So, I think Jericho uh, winning the title really is the best play they can make. Um, most of my predictions are face-heavy, but I think Jericho will pull it off. Now, I know we've discussed at nauseum this card with you, Pyro. Is there is there any? I mean, is there any news um, that we haven't discussed? The one thing I want to mention is that did you did you hear that Ric Flair will be at the Hall of Fame? I did not hear that. Um, I've haven't been paying much attention to the Hall of Fame. In fact, the one guy who was announced, uh, Mill something, I don't even know who he is, and I don't know. I didn't even hear the announcement that he got in. So uh, clearly, I've been fast forwarding the episodes a little too hard lately. Oh, you're talking about Mil Mascaras. He's a Mexican legend. He's actually the uncle of Alberto Del Rio, and I think he was announced on WWE.com. So that's that's through no fault of your own. Okay, I don't feel so bad. That, but I did miss uh, the first few. Uh, uh, Lord Tensai video packages, so I know I've missed a little bit there. Well, yeah, I mean, everybody pretty much knows that's uh, a, Mr. A-Train, a.k.a. Right. Uh, Prince Albert. So I don't know what the point but, of bringing him. I mean, I've heard he does good work, but I don't see what the point of bringing him back to WWE. And then under a Japanese gimmick, like seriously, I'm guessing he's going to be the guy revealed to be the one that Laurinaitis has been texting because Johnny Ace has a past in uh, um, Japan. But honestly, I, I don't get the point of all that. 
I, uh, I, uh, I I agree with you, but um, I mean, right now, you know, as we've talked about forever, you know, WWE is a shadow of its former self. Uh, a trainer, Tensai, or whatever he wants to call himself, is a veteran, um, and supposedly he's gotten a lot better since he's been in Japan. So, I mean, WWE could use another veteran who actually knows what's going on inside the ring and doesn't totally suck, you know, <laughs> help out some of the rookies who do. So, you know, I, you're right that, you know, um, in general, Lord Tensai coming back doesn't make a lot of sense, but if it's just, you know, this one guy to kind of help out, it's not, not too bad. I'd rather see him wrestling with Norton any day of the week, and I haven't even seen him yet, so. Yeah, and uh, I guess the other unfortunate news is that Christian is still injured. They took him out of the match, and they put in our favorite, you know, the the next big thing, Drew McIntyre, into that match. Oh, please. Yeah, I I was uh, pretty upset that Christian does have to be out, but, I mean, I figured he's still injured. They wouldn't just write him out just just to write him out. Um, Drew, I like Drew more than most people, but he's no Christian. He probably never will be. Uh, but, you know, that match, I figured that Team Johnny is going to win it anyway. It doesn't really matter who's on that team. They'll figure out a way to uh, get the win, especially with Mark Henry on that team. You know, he can bust out a world's strongest slam against anybody on the face side and make a pin. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, speaking of that whole six-on-six-on-six-on-six, on six on six on six, that, that whole slop fest of a match, I love the fact that Booker T was added to the SmackDown side simply because it gives SmackDown somebody who's actually legit. Yeah, Booker T's basically retired, but he can still go. He's still great in the ring. Um, everybody else, though, on that on that Raw team, Teddy is so bad. Um, there's just no doubt that Team Johnny is gonna is gonna sweep. I'm thinking maybe Booker might eliminate some. Oh, well, actually, it's not elimination, but if it was an elimination match, it probably would have been a clean sweep. But you know, since it's gonna be one pinfall, that match is to me is no interest. They should have made it an elimination match just to give it make it more exciting. Uh, what do you think about that, sir? Well, you know, I've thought about the timing issues. Um, last year for WrestleMania, we actually had ten matches. And you could tell that toward the uh, main event, they actually had to time compress what they were doing. I mean, it seemed like Cena Miz lasted all of maybe 10 minutes, and then it was over. Um, This year, they've only got eight matches, and uh, the 12-man tag match, as you said, isn't an elimination match. So to me, I think that allows you to extend the the biggest matches, let them go on for a while, especially Punk Jericho. That needs a good 20 minutes, maybe longer to go. And, um, you know, so that way you can get through some of the early matches pretty quick. Because, you know, the Divas tag match isn't going to last more than five minutes. Um, This tag match probably won't last more than 10 or 15. And it gives you time to actually make the important matches develop instead of making them rushed. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a a good point. Now, is is your article finished? Uh, my article is finished. Unfortunately, Rick has not um, put it up, even as now I have the page up. But he has my raw recap up, but not my preview column. But it is done. Uh, definitely go to onlineonslot.com probably tomorrow, maybe Wednesday. Wait, tomorrow is Wednesday. Maybe Thursday, and it should be up by then. <laughs> some good stuff there, uh, as right. always. Now, Pyro, let me ask you this. You know, this is, like I said, this has been a crazy wrestling-heavy show. We actually have another topic that we were going to discuss, but we haven't even been able to get to it with all the callers and everything else, our guests. Um, You know, the rest of the card, is there anything else that you might be looking forward to out of all the other matches? I mean, nobody cares about the Divas match, unfortunately. Um, But uh, anything at all aside from the the big three matches? No. (laughs) No. No. Just straight up no. The only the only positive I'm hoping to take away is right now um, Epico and Primo aren't on there at all. So unless they're involved in some sort of untelevised battle royal, I'm hoping we actually have a tag match that's added to the card, and you know that way I can see Rosa Mendes. Well, well, I mean the thing is there's no tag team, there's no division. I mean I would have loved to have seen the U.S. title defended. I mean the IC title is at least getting defended. They went like eight or nine years without doing that, which is a joke. Until they had that nine-second right. JBL uh, Rey Mysterio match a couple years ago, I was actually half expecting uh, either Mysterio or Mick Foley to be added to the six-on-six match. So, I mean, that obviously didn't happen. They ended up going the other route with a uh, with a Booker man. Um, I know. L- l- let me talk about your favorite wrestler real quick before you know before we uh, we move on. Randy Orton and Kane. Um, what do you think? Is that going to be the match of the night? 
Say that again. Oh, Ray Horton Kane. It's you know they clicked okay last year when they had their uh, street fight, but nah, it's that'll be another one of my bathroom break matches. Although it'll probably last like twenty minutes and annoy the crap out of me. But that's yeah. why I'm in the bathroom to deal with it. So. <laughs> yeah, that match is enough to uh, to leave anyone constipated. What about the Cody and the uh, the Big Show match? Um, you know, do you think? I know you're not looking forward to it per se, but do you think Cody's done a good job considering what, what he's been given? Not only has Cody done a good job, I uh, was thinking about streaks and all that stuff, especially with Undertaker, and I realized that you know that professional wrestling by its nature is very chaotic. It's you know, you always have teams forming and breaking up. You have guys being hired and fired in real life. And, you know, it, it's always a mess. And, I mean, that's part of the fun of it. But in the mess, there should be things that people uh, can hang on to that long-term fans can actually enjoy and goals that wrestlers can meet, even as plotline devices. And I think it will actually be good for someone to be a so-called reverse undertaker. I think Cody beats Big Show because Big Show doesn't lose that much credibility for it. I mean, he can go out the next night and beat him on Raw or, you know, the next pay-per-view or whatever. But it'd be kind of cool to see Big Show lose and keep this winless streak going because that way, if or when he finally does win, it's something that's, you know, it means more. It actually means something. And it's, it makes him a more compelling character, especially because he's so big. He's a division well, killer. Well, so technically he won. Kryptonite. Technically, he actually won in a tag team match last year, but uh, I don't think anybody remembers that. Um, he won in right. a match with, with Kane or whatever, but he's, he's he's lost all of his important singles matches. So that would have been cool. You're right to have that reverse Undertaker streak going. Yeah, and, and like I said, it doesn't uh, have to necessarily be Cody that he beats, obviously. Maybe because the show's young enough, he's still got you know, several years left in him. Wait another couple of years, let him beat Cena or Orton or someone, <laughs> you know, pretty high up in the card or something. I would love that. <laughs> now, Pyro, we we asked this of uh, our other caller. What is your WrestleMania tradition? Do you have any, just like, you know, do you treat this like the Super Bowl um, because it is for wrestling? Any traditions you have? And also, since it's going to be in New Jersey next year and Pure Gold's back home, you know, in our hometown, Will you be coming to Jersey? Will we meet up and watch WrestleMania together? I barely know what I'm doing next week, so I don't know about WrestleMania next <laughs> year, but I'll definitely keep an eye on it. But um, as far as traditions go, not really, although uh, normally I try to take care of my health. I'm a pretty – I eat decent. I eat a lot of fast food, but, you know. But there are two days out of the year, yeah, Super Bowl decent. and WrestleMania, that I call my nothing healthy days, and I don't conju- consume anything that isn't loaded with sugar or fat or artery-clogging grease. And uh, I've got a high-def TV that I bought on uh, Black Friday this last year. I haven't used it for television. I've just been using it for games. So we're going to have WrestleMania on the big TV. I'm going to have pizza and other things. I'm going to gain about 30 pounds, probably have a diabetic heart attack that night, and it will be awesome. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like this will be the last time we'll be speaking to you because by Monday you'll be in the uh, you'll be in the hospital. They'll be checking you out for uh, your blood glucose and you know, man, this guy's so well, young. How did he have a massive you know four alarm heart attack? Well, I mean, it was WrestleMania yesterday, so that that explains it. Exactly. And that's all right. Yeah. I mean, they've got landlines. They'll still kill all in next week from my hospital bed. <laughs> yeah, you'll be you'll be coughing up a lung as as, as they're pulling out your spleen, but. Uh, you know, Byron, we 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 really appreciate you uh, you coming on, and giving us some time. Uh, as always, your your take is definitely important to us, and we gotta we gotta hear what you have to say after the fact. I know next week we have a, a big guest, and uh, you know we have an actress, uh, General Hospital, the artist Jen Lilly is going to be joining us. So we'll we'll be starting the show with her, but after that, of course, it'll be all wrestling, all nonstop with everything going on, nothing but the kitchen sink. So if you can call in next week and give us your your after take the after the backwash of WrestleMania, definitely uh, do that, sir. <laughs> backwash, I like that, especially with Orton <laughs> on the card. It will be backwash. Um, yeah, I'll definitely call in next week, guys. Absolutely. Sir, have a wonderful evening, and thanks again for joining us. All right, thanks, guys. Folks, that was the one and only Pyro Falcon from Online Onslaught. Hey guys, you are listening to Pure Gold Radio. David and Joe are keeping you in the loop on all things sports and entertainment. And I'm actress Laura Jean Salerno, and I approve this message.
Had to throw that out there, sir. Now, Joe, as we're as we're heading towards the close out of the show, it's been an hour solid of wrestling. What is our other topic for the evening, sir? Well, let's see. Is it about the baseball season that's starting next week? Um, no. Is it about the fact that Mari Stoudemire's what? knee has blown out and he's out for the year? Probably not. Did the Giants? Make any moves in the off season yet? No, it's not about that. Is it about the hockey playoffs that are coming up? No, it's about yes, you guessed it, the zoo, the chaos, the sham of an organization known as the New York Jets, sir. And let me tell you, I'm going to backtrack. Wait, what, what is the point? I'm going to backtrack a couple of years from now when Rex Ryan was hired to you know change the mentality, change the persona of this team, and bring a winning attitude. And, you know, the guy had a big mouth. I, I dealt with it like every Jet fan dealt with it because he felt like he had to talk, do the talk. We're going to win the Super Bowl. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Okay, so you have a good year the first year. You barely get into the playoffs. You're 9-7. You get into the playoffs, and then you get to the AFC title game. You lose to the Indianapolis Colts. The following year, you have a really good year. You're 11-5, and and you play again the AFC title game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You lose... And then we we fast forward all the way to this year, sir, where the Jets were. I mean, let's face it. I I talk about their schedule. They were they had to play three road games early on in the season. They lost all three of those road games, and that put them behind the eight ball, seriously behind the eight ball the rest of the season. And still, despite all of that, the Jets were still eight and five, playing on Christmas Eve against the New York Giants. And it took again. These are the facts. It took one play to turn the Jets' season upside down and turn the Giants' season right side up. And the Giants went on to win the Super Bowl after that 99-yard pass play from Eli <coughs> to Victor Cruz. And then the Giants won the Super Bowl. And the Jets, all of a sudden, the Jets became 8-8. Eight and eight, And all of a sudden, everybody and their mother started talking about how Mark Sanchez is not a good quarterback. And to me... That is just the wrong attitude. I mean, uh, we've talked about it at length about how Mark Sanchez is only his third year. He's made more strides than most quarterbacks have. And then the audacity of giving him an extension for you know in this off season, and then to talk about the rumors about potentially getting Tim Tebow to back up to back up the you know Mark Sanchez and the New York Jets. To me. You make us all sick. The Jets make me absolutely sick these days for what they've done. They've brought a media circus. They brought a guy that is not a quarterback in this in the NFL. He is definitely somebody that is just brought in to make money for the Jets. The Jets have given up on winning a Super Bowl. The Jets will never win a Super Bowl. All they care about now is winning. I mean, making money, making the green. Let the Giants win the Super Bowls. F that. Let's make all the money we can. Let's get bring Team Tebow in here. The spectacle. And you know what, sir? It's a disgrace because what's going to happen now is that Mark Sanchez, if he has a bad game, one bad game, people are going to start chanting Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow. And guess what? Tim Tebow is not a quarterback. He's just a media circus is what he is. Well, technically, he's a quarterback there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean... All I have to say is that the, the the Jets make me sick for what they've done. They've they've turned this organization upside down. They've they've set the they've set this team back three or four years. And I think Mark Sanchez is a decent quarterback. All they need to do is surround him with wide receivers and some good role players. Not like Santonio San Holmes, who's a selfish player, and other players that just don't want to play as a team. And then you get you need to get some guard help, obviously, because. That guy Hunter really sucked it up too on the offensive line. They didn't address anything that they were supposed to address. They got a quarterback that is just somebody that, to be honest with you, sir, he's here to sell uniforms. He's here to sell tickets. He's here to just make more money for the Jets. Woody Johnson, you can go to hell. Rex Ryan, <laughs> you wow. can go to hell. And Mike Tannenbaum, you could go to hell. And if I found this damn clip, I'd say this. Go to hell!
tell us how you really feel, Tell us how you really feel, Joe. Go to hell! Go to hell! Joe, you If Todd was here, he'd say the same thing. Christ, if I was the commissioner, I'd be out there on Monday, he'd be out! Gone! Sir, enough of that rant. Enough of that rant. Let's talk about PG. Let's talk about our next 100 episodes. Let's talk about a potential new start date and time, please. Um, Actually, no. I, I want to comment on what you said, sir. I, I got to tell you, folks, for you, those of you listening out there, I wish that this show was airing last week. Uh, it, it happened last Wednesday, did it not, when it first came down? Yes. I wish we had done the show last week, last week, last week, because that would have been fantastic. That would have been fabulous. That would have been amazing. That would have been Joe in his finest hour. Right now he sounds like he's dying, like he's hacking up a lung. But, folks, if you had heard it, if you had heard the, the, the almost, almost expletive-laced tirade, not the, there was none. He was close to it, though. I had to, I had to mute him. I had to, hit the, I had to hit the beep, 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 the numbers, because Joe went absolutely insane. He went nuts. He was going off on the greatest tangent of all time. Are you kidding me? Come on! You make me sick! He was so passionate. He was so excited, folks. And I tell you, it, does, it may not come across sometimes, but that was truly pure gold. That was PG. Now this, getting back to this whole slop fest, I like Tim Tebow. Fan of his, I think it's great, you know, that he is in a market where he's going to be able to share his beliefs and, you know, be a great role model and whatnot. But I got to agree with Joe. There's a bad football move. It just doesn't make any sense. It's a mistake. They're really kicking Sanchez in the, the, the lower regions. I just don't understand why they did this. All events to sell shirts, all events to sell merch, which he'll do a lot of that, sir. I just don't see any reason why any possible logical reason why you bring Team Tebow in here other than to hopefully, in their eyes, replace Mark Sanchez and create a media circus. And I tell you, Joe, the Giants won the Super Bowl, but the Jets are getting all the publicity just like last year. But what matters is what happens on the field, and I honestly think this is going to lead to the end of Rex Ryan. Ultimately, this is going to lead to the end of of this whole three-ring media circus. And uh, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Like I said, bad football move makes no sense. Money-wise, they'll definitely make that in boatload, sir, and I'm sure the Tebow jersey is going to be selling like hotcakes, but uh, I wish I could get a pulse for the rest of the Jets fans and hear how they have to feel or how they feel because I'd love to know what their thoughts are on this move, sir. I mean, the bottom line is I'm going on a rant here, but I am telling it like it is, and I'm very realistic about it. I might not be able to scream right now because my throat's killing me, but the facts are this was not – a football move. This was a money move, and the Jets sold out. They sold out like little biatches. <laughs> Whoa, calm down, sir. Calm down. Um, let, remember, this is this is a PG program that we have here, sir. Um, they did sell out. There's no doubt. This move, this move doesn't even make sense, sir. I don't even know what the dealio is, but this is just it's just it's just a mess. It, it's an absolute slop fest, sir. Yeah, I agree. And, um, well, I mean, I think that the Jets had egg on their face right from the get-go when you hear about the whole, like, the whole fact that the Jets didn't read the contract and they got Tim Tebow here. I guess they agreed on paying $2.5 million to Denver instead of the full $5 million. But this whole thing is just a sham from the get-go. I had wished that Jacksonville would have swooped in and gave the Jets anything, a bag of a, a bag of golf balls for Tim Tebow at this point, because there's no need for Tim Tebow to be on the New York Jets. There's no point. Mark Sanchez now will always have somebody looking over his back. He's not going to get enough reps. He's got. He's not going to get enough practice with the first unit. This is not good for the New York Jets on the field. Again, they're sellouts. Don't don't expect me to go to any games. I'm not dishing out any cash. Just like I'm not dishing out any cash for the Mets. The Jets will not get any migraine, and they can go to... Go to hell! What do you mean you don't agree with me? Do you know who you're dealing with? <laughs> I like <Classic>. turtles. <laughs> yeah, absolutely like turtles. But what Joe alluded to before, before we close up the show, he mentioned this, and i got to throw this out there. Next week, we will be starting on our new night... <laughs> 
Wednesday night. Uh, next week is going to be 10 o'clock. We're still in the process of the whole studio, transfer, producer, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, we're going to be doing Wednesday nights from now on because Wednesdays, just from a personal standpoint, make way more sense for the both of us, but specifically for me because I have so many other things going on. So Tuesday night, we kiss you goodbye. Maybe in the future, well, hopefully in the future when we're doing this, uh, you know, <coughs> five days a week, you're going to hear us on Tuesdays when we're getting paid the buku bucks, as it were. But for now, we're going to, we're going to have our Wednesday show. 10 o'clock, um, you know, Eastern Standard Time. It's going to be great. We're going to have actress Jen Lilly joining us, and you may recognize her from General Hospital. She's a regular on there. She was also in The Artist. She was on MTV's Disaster Date. So that's going to be great. That's going to be an exciting, awesome interview as we expand into the world of entertainment, not just sports, not just sports entertainment, not just wrestling, not just baseball, not just football, but acting goodness. So we're excited about that. Sir, any thoughts before we close out this awesome PG extravaganza? <laughs> Unbelievable. Now, <laughs> folks, enjoy WrestleMania. I know DG and I will be watching it in per- you know, live and in person at an undisclosed location. So let's hope that WrestleMania lives up, at least the first three matches live up to its billing and we don't say at the end of the night that why did we spend the money, why did we spend the time to watch this pay-per-view. Let's hope it's a good card in terms of those three matches and the rest could probably, you know, suck it up, but uh, it's WrestleMania it, it is the Super Bowl of wrestling, so sir, we've got to enjoy it, we've got to watch it. We'll see you next week. Definitely. Uh, folks, thank you again so much for joining us for those awesome, amazing, wonderful, and tremendous guests that we had tonight. We'd like to thank Josh Eisenberg from Chair Shot Reality. We'd like to thank Pat from New Jersey, the icon. Sixth thing is an icon. Pat is an icon over there on uh, over there and busted open on Sirius XM. And of course, the man, the myth, the legend, the fool, Pyro Falcon, great friend of the show. Uh, we just can't thank them enough, and we thank you, of course, for listening to us. We're going to keep that PG goodness. Uh, when we do get into the studio, folks, the show will be just about an hour long. We're going we're gonna to make it legit. Sometimes we do our 75, 90 minutes. We're, we won't be doing much of that anymore. We're going to keep it to that, that time frame because we're getting it ready. We're gearing up for the big time. We're gearing up for that paying gig that's coming soon. Mark my words. For JB, this is DG of Pure Gold reminding you to always keep it PG. And no matter what you do, check us out next week, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Woo! Hey, this is Morgan Woolard, Miss Oklahoma USA 2010, and you're listening to Pure Gold. Thank you so much, Woolard. A pleasure. Oh, what's the name of your show? Uh, pure Gold. Pure Gold? Yes, sir. I got two words for you. Pure <laughs> Gold. Good night, everyone. <laughs>